If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass Podcast. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Cody Kershaw and Alex Maurer to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for the last week. We're catching everything up on RSL, not only RSL, but Royals news as well on this episode, No Monarchs Minute, so we will not have any Monarchs news. Uh, We've got our pod trivia segment, Royal Roundup, a lot of news there. Royals are very busy today, recording this on a Tuesday night. Um, Also, some club news, big pieces of club news um, to get to. And then finally, we'll finish the episode off reviewing our midfielders, as we had promised in the last couple of weeks, talking about how the season went for the midfielders on RSL. Before we do all of that, though, Cody, how are you doing? I am doing just swell. I just was telling you two before we started that I rushed here from work um, and that I would much rather be doing this than work. So it's uh, very good to jump on with you boys, and uh, I'm excited to dig into some of the news that we've got and uh, talk about some of the things that's uh, been going on for the Royals as well. A lot of news for them, too. So uh, outside of that, I'm doing great. Alex, how are you doing, man? Man, thank you for the handoff. I am the coziest I've ever been on this podcast because as you two can see, and as hopefully the listeners can hear in my voice, I am wearing an adult onesie that I got from Michaela and she thought was stupid. And so now I own it and I get to wear it. And it is a women's uh, medium and I'm six foot five. So it's more of like a three fourthsies, uh, and the buttons are, of course, on the wrong side. I feel a little bit like Michael Scott, but I, other than that, am doing terrific, and it's really comfortable, and it's very Christmassy, and I am in the Christmas mood and spirit, so I am ready to go. But Ethan, how are you doing, my friend, on this cold Tuesday night? Speaking of cold, I have a cold, which is not great. My family just got over their colds. I got what they gave up, and so... That's never fun, but uh, but it's okay, because we're, we're on a new episode today. Exciting stuff to talk about. Alex, I do have a question for you, though. Does that adult onesie come with with an adult diaper as well? <laughs> no, it, it, it does not. However, okay. it was an option. I just, you know, <laughs> times are tight around the holidays. Uh, or rather, money's tight. Time's also tight as we're <laughs> recording this late on a Tuesday, but yes, money's tight and I couldn't, I couldn't splurge for the adult diaper, but uh, we'll see what Santa brings, Ethan. I think it would have been a good investment, but we will see what Santa brings. Um, (laughs) Regardless, um, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, We're coming up on the holiday season. We are now, I guess, 13 days away from Christmas, which is like absolutely insane. So that's coming up pretty quick. As I reminded everybody on the last episode, we will be recording for this episode, and then we will be taking a holiday break um, to be able to spend time with our families. As Alex mentioned, time is short. There's a lot of stuff going on during the holiday season. So we will be taking a little bit of a break until uh, January. Um, probably the second week of January is when we're looking to target a, a new episode release after this one. So we appreciate your patience with us, sticking with us over the off season. 
we're going to keep you up to date on all of the RSL Monarchs and Royals news. Um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of stuff to get to on the episode. Before we do that, make sure you're following at RSL Season Pass at RSL Season Pass on Twitter is where you can find us. And then www.rslseasonpass.com is our website with all of our episodes. Leave a pod trivia question in the database to help Alex out, make him happy for the holidays. And thank you to everybody who has left a rating or review on the podcast. We appreciate your love and it helps us out. So thank you very, very much. And let's go ahead and get on into it. Alex, what is our pod trivia question today? This was an Alex original, and I think you probably could have pieced that together by the time I give it to you. But here we go, you two. What is Jason Kreiss's middle name? Is it A, Anthony? Is it B, Bradley? Is it C, Clarence? Or is it D, Donovan? What? Jason Kreiss, winningest head coach in RSL history. What is his middle name? Anthony, Bradley, Clarence, or Donovan? Anthony, final answer. Oddly enough, if you need a hint, Ethan, I've got one locked and loaded. Okay, well, give us a hint, and Cody can change his answer if needs be. No, locked and loaded. Yeah, I was going to say the hint is eight mile. Okay. Um, well, I, I haven't seen Man, that. Man, I really so thought that was going to be a slam dunk hint, and you were both going to get it immediately. Eight, eight Mile. So, I, I, Ethan, have you seen Eight Mile? If not, no. There uh, you go. Um, That'll do it. I'll just... I'll, <laughs> I, I, All I, the I'll, listeners that have seen Eight Mile that were screaming into their headphones right now. I'm going to be honest. When I, when I first heard the question, I was trying to eliminate things based on stuff that didn't seem like it was real. Clarence would be so random if it was, but I have to go with Cody on this one, and I'm going to say the answer is Anthony. Ethan, galaxy brain to that one. It is C. Clarence, and Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. His real name's Clarence, Ethan. You've got to go watch 8 Mile. One of the best... It's not one of the best movies of all time. It's not one of even the most movies of all time, but it is a fun and good movie, and you should go watch it. And that is Jason Kreiss's middle name, Clarence. Wow. Imagine. Imagine if it's his first. Imagine if he went by Clarence. We'd have a Clarence Christ. I want you, when whoever it is that is at his press conference, I want you to address him as Jason Clarence Christ, please, for me. <laughs> wow. 2009 MLS Cup champion Jason Clarence Christ. Well, thank Mr. you Clarence. very much for uh, for clarifying that uh, that question. We appreciate it. <laughs> Um, and thank you for the pod trivia question. Dad humor has to has to get in the episode at some point, every time. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for the pod trivia question. Let's go ahead and move on. As I mentioned, no Monarchs Minute on the episode today. So we will go right into our rather lengthy Royal Roundup. Royals have been busy. Cody, tell us what's going on with the team. Yes, sir. They sure have. Uh, the Royals have been making a slew of changes recently. Uh, this is more of a continuation from our uh, really our previous episode where we started kind of kicking off some of those signings. So um, I will run through some of that real quickly here. First off, they have acquired the number 20 and the number 21 picks in the 2024 NWSL draft from the Washington Spirit. Um, that was one of the first changes that they had announced. After that, they announced uh, that they have traded for Mandy Hot, who is a goalkeeper, and that was for 150 k in GAM, and protection for Gotham FC. So just 
for reference, whenever I say protection here, that is protection in the expansion draft that's coming up. Um, they are allowing basically the trading of players in advance to secure them protection for the rest of their team. Um, so that is what Gotham FC did in sending us Mandy. Um, the Royals have also traded for defender Kate Delfava and the fourth pick and the in the 2024 NWSL draft. And that was in exchange for protection for the KC Current and $75,000 in GAM. Um, and she was listed, uh, she had played 40 games for the current last season. Uh, she, there was an article about her as I was doing some research and she was listed as a starter for them. Um, and she is a defender. So I guess that could mean a center back or an outside back. She wasn't listed specifically for either one. Um, so either way, it'll be exciting to see. She'll probably be a starter for us. Um, and then we also traded for Hannah Betfort. Um, and that was for, I believe 10 K in GAM and the 33rd pick in the 2024, uh, I'm going to say NWSL draft, not the yes. expansion draft. And that was for protection for the Portland Thorns. Correct. Um, there's a lot of teams that are seeking protection in this expansion draft, and this is one way to go about it. So um, Hannah Bedford is listed at 24 years old. Uh, she did have some U18 uh, national appearances, but nothing beyond the U18s. Um, she is listed as a forward, so she really could play up top around the wing, depending on what you know formation we end up utilizing. Um, and then we have acquired a 2024 international roster spot and 100K in GAM from Angel City FC in exchange for their protection in the expansion draft. And we have also traded for goalkeeper Carly Nelson and 65K in GAM for from the Orlando Pride. Uh, my goodness, this is quite the mouthful. We traded <laughs> for the goalkeeper Carly Nelson in exchange for 65K in GAM uh, and a 2024 international roster spot from the Orlando pride. Uh, she's also listed as a goalkeeper. So she's likely going to be fighting for minutes with Mandy hot. Um, and they're both 25 years old. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that. And fun fact, she went to the university of Utah. So she is a Ute um, coming back home. And lastly, we have traded for Cameron Tucker and $50,000 in gam from Houston dash. And that was an exchange for their protection in the expansion draft as well. Cameron Tucker is also listed as a forward and she had played 12 games for them last year. And that is all of the news for now. Cody Kershaw round a lot more coming up. Applause. My man got through <laughs> oh. that like a pro. How many teams are there in the NWSL? Uh, that is a great question. Let's do a fact because check real quick. Given that much protection, there might be five players we can select in the expansion draft. It sounds like maybe fewer. It cannot true. be it many. Seems, it seems like a lot of these teams are, are finding ways to protect the majority of their team. Uh, the one that stood out to me the most was Gotham seeking their, their protection yes. in that they won the, uh, the championship last year. And so obviously it seemed the best move for them to get a trade out of the way and then secure protection for the rest of their team. For I think it is silly that we allow teams protection in a trade i think that should be a handshake agreement and i want us to go back on each and every handshake under the table that we made i think that's high drama and i don't think you should be able to trade quote protection in an expansion draft but that is I kind just of agree 
yeah, I it feels weird, right? It doesn't feel like a real asset. It feels like you're trading a fake thing. And fake things are supposed to happen under the table, and that makes for much more dramatic expansion drafts, in my opinion. Because if we did all these oh. trades and then we just went back and selected players from each of these teams, it would be so much more fun. And it would yep. be great roster building. It would. To, to answer your question, Alex, there are currently 12 teams 12. in the NWSL. The and we gave four of them protection? 14. No, 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 no. We have... I think we've, we've given the spirit three. protection. So one, pride, two, uh, current, Casey current, three, and Gotham, four, right? four. Portland, yeah. five, five Gotham, Portland, six, Houston Dash, seven, <laughs> Angel City FC, eight, San Diego Wave. I don't know if we gave Wave protection. Well, so, so Washington Spirit was not for protection. Oh, it was not. Uh, okay. I think we just acquired a 21, 20, so, the 21st and, and 20th pick. I'm not sure what the exchange was for. but So it's known that seven teams. I think North Carolina Courage, too, because we got two of their players as well. So I think there's eight teams that are protected. So we've only got four teams to choose from, which is kind of crazy. But. That's going to be an interesting uh, expansion draft. Yeah. It comes down to stealing all of one team's players. No, it's going to be terrific. I mean, I assume you can only lose one player, probably, right? Probably. In MLS, yeah, it's two, yeah. but with the league being so small, I would imagine it's one. But that is a total guess and bad podcasting on my part, so I apologize. <laughs> I will say one thing on this. It's very interesting that the team is bringing back a lot of players that previously played for BYU or University of Utah. Yeah. A lot of um, Utah alum players coming back. Um, also, it's interesting they traded for an international roster spot for 2024, and then proceeded to trade it away it doesn't seem like they're going to be going for a lot of players that are like more international players more localized american uh -huh. players so that'll be interesting to see how it works on the, field for the team next year i will correct myself previously the washington spirit was for protection so a lot of those okay. trades did involve That's protection for the teams that that were involved with it um and yeah you're, you're absolutely right it seemed like a lot of these trades were utilizing drafts that are draft picks that are coming up in the NWSL draft, not the expansion draft even. So like the fact these teams have, have, have gotten protection for their teams and are giving away, you know, picks for upcoming players in the draft. I think that's probably just us trying to put the, put, put pieces together and build a team right now. Yep. So anyway, that is a very long winded uh, Royal roundup, but we've also got a lot of information and there will likely be more information coming up very soon. So yes. Maybe a few more early Christmas presents for the Royals, probably even some after Christmas, and we'll make sure to keep you up to date on all of those moves on the episode when we record after the holidays. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Club news. Uh, we mentioned last week that uh, the Andres Gomez and Brian Vera were called up to the Columbia national team. Let's add another one onto the list. Nelson Palacio was also called up to the Columbia national team. Um, this was announced like right after, officially, officially announced, I think the day after we recorded our last episode. Um, also, in the game that they played against Venezuela, Andres Gomez and Brian Vera both started that game. Andres Gomez, I, I'm going to call it a goal. He essentially scored a goal. Uh, he had a shot that was maybe going on target, maybe not. And a defender just kind of was right there and like roofed it into his own net. Um, so it was an own goal, unfortunately. Went down as an own goal. But Andres Gomez, right position, right time. Uh, great shot and getting more notoriety with the Colombia national team, which is always great to see. Also, um, Alex probably doesn't like to see this, but Brian Vera starting at center back. Yes, center back, correct, for the Colombia national team. So um, awesome to see both those guys getting starts for the team and uh, to get, get some offseason work. Did you guys want to add anything or are we just going on? Brian Vera, center back, 
for the Colombian national team. I mean, it's not really the Colombian national Shut team, out. but it is indeed the Colombian national out. team. And I hate it. I think it's not good, very bad, but whatever. Good for Brian does, Vera, good for RSL. Does that mean they watched him playing for RSL and said, you know what? I think he is a center back. No, because anyone watching because him play for would RSL mean, would say, no, he's not a center they back. They did <laughs> the opposite of what you did, Alex. You watched him play for RSL and said he's not a center back. They watched him and said he is a center back. So I, I guess time man. will tell who was right. I, and I <laughs> would put money on me. <laughs> but we shall see. They, right. Man, Google has the weirdest formations. They listed Columbia's formation as a four-two-two-two, which is just strange. But I yes. really hope that's what they played. Yeah, well, Gomez played well, and so did Vera, getting a shout-out. So great to see uh, RSL players getting some action. Let's go ahead and move on. We touched a little bit on it. Rumors flowing around the team that Jason Christ may be hired. And in fact, who? he has now been Jason, Jason who? Christ. Jason Clarence. Clarence Christ. Clarence. Jason Christ. Clarence Christ. Um <laughs> uh, Yes, Jason Clarence Christ has officially been named the Director of Special Projects and Club Operations. This is a new position within the team. Essentially what he will be doing, based on what I understand of his duties at this point, is that he will be overseeing the pipeline of the development of, new, of, of younger players on the team and essentially working towards selling them for greater revenue away from the team to other teams. Um, so working a lot with the the youthful players of the team, trying to get more uh, revenue for the team. I think this is an awesome hire, and I think Jason Christ is going to be a really good fit for the position. And uh, something the RSL is really needed between the, the rough scouting and really just letting tons of amazing talent and players go for free transfers um, or just leave for absolutely nothing. We get Jason Christ. Hopefully that will start to change and turn around, and the team can start making some more money. More money, fewer problems is actually yeah. the mantra in MLS. And I think this is monumental news. I think this is really, really big. This, and for weird, like it just sticks out for important reasons. And the biggest one to me is that ownership cares. How often have we just seen this club recycle the same people into the same positions over and over again? And you might think that this is that, but I just don't think so. We're making up a new position. Presumably he's making a decent amount of money because he was offered other positions within MLS. We know that he was rumored to be offered a spot on the Portland Timbers uh, assistant coaching ranks. And that's not nothing. That's a good organization with uh, what seems to be a decent roster heading in a good direction. And so for him to take this, you have to imagine it was a pretty enticing deal. And that is awesome. As the club in the organization continues to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, Jason in his press release uh, cites the Royals returning and the Academy growing and the Monarchs. All of those things come together and you look at our front office and it has remained largely the same over the last 10 years. When Kurt Schmidt came in and had a pretty nebulous job title as technical director, I was frustrated because I didn't know what it meant. But now, you know, I've grown a little bit. I'm a, I'm a little bit wiser now. And new made up positions, I think, are a good thing because it shows that they care and that there's blind spots that they are trying to fill and to cover. And I think Jason's position is going to do a lot of that. We don't know exactly what he's going to be doing, and the title of Club's Director of Operations and Special Projects is almost worse than meaningless because I can assume a special project means 
literally whatever they want it to mean. Everything. <laughs> yeah, anything, any quote project could be special uh, from the right set of eyes. So I don't have any idea what he's actually going to do, but I know that he is a great culture builder. If you look at those years, sure, success helps, but he brought along a lot of that success and did pull us through some dark times as well. So I think if there's anyone to be in charge of kind of bringing this club to the right direction. I don't know. I he probably think helps. Jason's the guy to do it. I really do. And I know everybody's not on board and I know this is fan service to a degree. This is like bringing back Darth Maul from the dead, but it's not <laughs> t- like Darth Maul was awesome. That was sick. And I just don't see any reason why this can't be the same thing. Jason, is not coming back to coach. I don't think if Pablo gets fired, they would think for a second about replacing him with Jason Christ. I just don't see that from the new ownership group. I think they are business people, and I think they understand putting people in positive positions, and I think they know that Jason's not a coach anymore, and I think that's a really good thing. And putting people in good spots to succeed is a welcomed new reality at this team and i'm really excited i think if rsl nails a general manager hire it's been an excellent last season for me it's been a great 365 days as an rsl fan enjoying new signings enjoying turnover in the front office when it seems as if it was stagnating and seeing this sort of change and addition is huge I love it. I love everything about it. I love trying to get the Monarchs in the Academy more involved. I love trying to focus in on culture and building a community, which seems to be part of his job, uh, building brand partnerships and I don't know, things of that nature. I love it. I think there are zero drawbacks. I think it is all positive and it's weird. It's weird. I have not been this high on RSL in a long, long time. And we like crash and burn out of the playoffs, and I'm still psyched. So I don't know. Love it. it this Impressive. reminds me of when the uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series came out and Hayden Christensen came back to do some stuff yeah, for the show. And, it was and like sick. everyone was so excited for it. And that's how I feel uh, about this, about this to maybe a different degree. But I think um, I, what you said, Alex, bringing, bringing, people in who I would argue is considered, he's considered a club legend. You bring him in and you put him in any kind of a, of a, a, a real position or an imaginary position. If you bring him into an imaginary position, the opposite of that is removing people in legitimate positions, which is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So therefore the opposite of that must be a good thing, bringing people into imaginary <laughs> positions. So um, I like, I like the way you put that a lot because for so long it's been, internal hires from within in a job that already existed. This is not that. And I think that's right. where some people are getting caught up. And I think that's fine. I think it's 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 worthwhile to be skeptical of this move. But I think it's different. I think you're right. We created a new imaginary job to fill. We didn't replace Elliot Fall with Jason Christ. And that's, that's big to me because that's very different. Yeah. It, no, I mean, a, a club could... A club could take a job like this and absorb it into another position, or uh, to put it in an easier way, a club could not create this position in the first place and just say, "Hey, we have these additional responsibilities, and we want X to take them on, or we want we want somebody else to take them on." They have decided that this is important enough to pull out and be its its own thing, 
But not only that, exactly. they're bringing somebody like Jason Christ back to be able to do that. Exactly. Um, this used to be the general manager's job. Craig Weibel complained that when he was general manager, he was in charge of not only RSL roster, the Royals roster, but also the carpets that went in at the academy. That is just not the way this organization is being run anymore, and it's such a good thing. The more you can take off the general manager's plate and the more that that person can focus on the roster, it's all good news to me. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And when you list his, when you list one of his his uh, job title requirements as special projects or, or that being something that he works on, that's so broad that, that really he can dip his hand into anything. Uh, it probably leaves them in a position where they say, Hey, we need some help with this. Let's pull Jason or let's, you know, let's work on this. Let's have Jason do it. And I think his skill set is obviously of somebody who has been in the league for a long time as a player, as a coach. And I think, uh, I, I think he'll be able to lend himself really well to our organization in whatever capacity that ends up being. But I agree with what you said, Alex, being able to create a position for somebody like this to accommodate having his, his ability here in whatever regard that is, is a good thing. And if anyone's going to be able to pry Javier Morales away from Inter Miami, it's going to be Jason. <laughs> For sure. And if anybody's going to be able to pry Kyle Beckerman away from his priced uh, Utah Valley University team, <laughs> same thing there. Um, it'll be interesting to see who else joins the staff um, because remember, three assistants were also let go of the team. Those spots are still open too. So it'll you be think Kyle takes one of those. I, I would, I would think so and hope so, honestly. He has to, right? I'd be okay with that, yeah. He's got to. He has to. The vibes, the nostalgia, the memories, that's all. Um, Shall we move on? Are you guys, are are we done talking about Jason Christ? If we must. I'm excited. Alex could spend an entire year talking about this Jason Christ hire. He's very excited for it. We all are, too. We'll see what happens. Um, Midfielders review. We mentioned it at the top of the episode. We're going to talk about our midfielders and, and our player reviews for this year close everything out. I'm excited to talk about these guys. Let's go ahead and start off with an absolute banger of a player. It is Scott Caldwell. Uh, Poor old Scotty, man. Uh, No longer with the team, out of contract, and will not be back with RSL next season. Uh, Got got a very few amount of minutes at the beginning of this year. Not a lot of minutes for the team throughout. Um, Also through last year, just kind of a role player at best. Maybe a mentor, really. Um, didn't have really a future with the team anyway, so it's a good thing he's gone. Um, and depth-wise, he was like really, really far back at the defensive midfield spot. Scott Caldwell, great guy. I, I will say that about Scott Caldwell. He's a great man, great dude, great family man. Um, but uh, not a great soccer off, player at this point. No, no, not off into the sunset he goes. So uh, goodbye, sweet prince Scott Caldwell. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to say about him? We're just done. I've D had, plus. I've had. I've had my share of of criticism for a player like Scott Caldwell in as much as I can this year. I think, I mean, not having him around, unfortunately, is a good thing. I think, you know, he he probably does provide a little bit of veterancy to some younger players, but I don't know that we get anything additional from him that we don't have from other veteran players on the team right now. So at this point, he's just taking up a space on on the roster. Alex, that's pretty generous even with a d plus but um, i remember in post game interview scott caldwell I, I asked him about his frustrations and was like are you frustrated about your playing time this year and he's like well yeah i mean you know everybody wants to play like i'm pretty sure that's what a couple other people said like tomas gomez and everything but he's like i wanted to play but i didn't get to he's like it's whatever uh, i think he knows he's lost it so goodbye scott caldwell it was fun having you on the team while it lasted moving on 
Michael Chang. Uh, Michael Chang getting pretty good significant minutes with the team this year as a role player. Um, he had some starts. He had some games where he subbed in. Um, maybe this is a controversial take because I've never really loved Michael Chang in the past. I actually thought this season he did pretty good at creating a good tempo for the team. Um, he had some, I think he had a couple assists this year. Some assists in some good spots. Um, I would say he had maybe one of his better passing years this year in recent memory. Um, I actually really liked Mike Helcheng the way he played this year. And I'm, I, I didn't think I would say this at the beginning of the season. I'm actually excited to have him back next year for RSL. I don't know. What do you guys think? No goals in a thousand minutes for a winger who was pretty involved is not great for me. I he's turning 33 next season, but he is dirt cheap. He makes $170,000, which <laughs> hard to call that dirt cheap. Cause that's, you know, a pretty great salary, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not too worried one way or the other about Chang again, good veteran presence. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really think he's a change of pace player. At this point in his career, he showed flashes of maybe being that guy, but for me, C plus player. And I uh, am confident in that being the case next year. Yeah, I uh, I feel probably pretty similar to that. The fact that he's turning 33, I think. And what he gave this year for us. Like that's the oldest a human has ever been. <laughs> it's 33. Yeah, right. Like 33 years old. For Michael oh, J. No, no, it's, <laughs> I think, uh, I think the reality is, is that some, well, not sometimes we, in, in holding on to somebody like Dami, we have this issue where we've held, held on to a player who is now not just past their prime, but past what they're even close to capable of doing. And if we end up doing that with Michael Chang, then keeping him for another year ends up being a mistake. Uh, so I think look, t- 22 games and four assists for this season's probably, if he does that same thing next year for what he costs, that's fine. I, I would, I would 100% take that. If he ends up playing more games with less assists, then it ends up being a big problem next year. Here's I don't the thing. think he would. But With an aging player like Michael Cheng, I actually don't think he plays more minutes next year. We've seen a decline in minutes. In 2022, he started 25 games, subbed 9. This last year, he started 13 games, only subbed 10. Yeah, that, so. that's what I mean. I think I think if his minutes go down, that's, that's yeah. a good thing for us next year. Unless we end up in injury trouble next year and we have to play him, then it's a bad thing. Now, I will say this. I think his role as a passer was pretty good for what RSL needed this year because, Alex, you mentioned zero goals from a winger. Well, last year, he only had two goals. He had a lot more minutes, and he took 17 shots last year. This last year, he only took seven shots. So no goals, unfortunate for him, but he had a significantly less, a lesser amount of shots. Uh, four assists, too. So, I mean, same amount of assists as the year before. It wasn't terrible. I see him as a role player going forward. Maybe a spot start in case someone gets injured at times. Kind of like he, he's he's getting close to Justin Miram territory, where like he's getting to be an older dude, a guy who just comes in and like if you need him to start, it's not the worst option in the world. So that's just what I think. Um, Could be when he's thirty three, yeah, which, as we know, be. is the oldest any player can ever be. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, older than Nick Romando, uh, somehow. Um, moving on, Andres Gomez. We just talked a little bit about him. Uh, bright young player from Colombia. RSL acquired him this year. And um, in short, I think very good acquisition for the long term. Um, we saw some things from him that were very encouraging. His defensive work rate is prime. 
Uh, I think it's fantastic his ability to get back on defense, steal the ball off players. Um, his footwork, incredible. He's got some moves, man. He's got some sauce in the bucket for sure. Um, a guy that I think is going to be big time for RSL if he can develop right. Um, it's going to take some time maybe to get to that point. But Andres Gomez should be the starting one of the starting wingers, I think, on this team. So that's just me. But Yeah, we saw flashes, and that's yeah. important. But in almost 1,400 MLS minutes, uh, as you mentioned, 30 games played, 15 starts. He only has one goal, and he is dead last on the team in passing percentage. And passing percentage is kind of a tricky stat because sometimes you're just trying harder passes than other players. He did have six sometimes. assists, which is great, and leads the team for... Or leads the team for midfielders, which I think is great. Uh, but I'm still jury's still out for me on him. And that's kind of the point. That's why you get a young designated player and not a regular designated player. So I'm okay with it. I think he's going to be, as you mentioned, Ethan, a pillar of this team moving forward. And I am very happy with that. I think he had a solid B season. Yeah. I think in my gradings, I gave him a B minus. And I think uh, that's just because he, he left, he left a lot to be desired on the field, but that, that desire I think is something he can fulfill in the future. He's only 21. And so, what he has shown, and you mentioned Alex, sometimes that's players trying harder passes. He is crossing it in from the side a lot. And when you don't have a player like Chicho up there on the receiving end, it can be harder to connect on those. And I, I, overall, I don't think a lot of his crosses were necessarily super accurate. But again, the assist did come um, in some regards. So I think he's got a, a lot of room to improve. I'm really excited to watch him next year and see to see what he can do, especially considering a lot of the pieces that, that this team has. To both your guys' points about the passing, Andres Gomez got significant minutes at the beginning of the season when we did not have Chicho Arango, and then kind of started to get more minutes near the end of the season, and Chicho was injured at the very end of the season. So, like, it's tough when you don't have a guy like Chicho Arango, as you mentioned, Cody, to finish those opportunities. But um, clear skies ahead, if, especially if we make another signing up top. I think his passing percentage should go I, I will say he had moments on the ball where he looked fantastic. His ability oh, yeah. to dribble past people uh, at times was really good. At other times, he would lose the ball too easily. So obviously he's young. He's got to work on that. But if he can, he's going to be really good. Um, I'm trying to remember because it was so long ago. What was that game? Because was it regular season or was it a tournament where he scored that? Was it against Portland, I think? Man, I can't remember. U.S. Open Cup? U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, buddy, that goal was amazing. Like, uh, he's it, he, it, it's unfortunate because he's not consistent with those kinds of goals. But boy, if he can get consistent with those kinds of things, watch mm-hmm. out, man, because that was that was that was special. You can't. It's hard to teach that kind of stuff. I don't know, but he looked amazing. Uh, Andres Gomez, we love you. We're excited next year for you. Xavier Gozo, next on the list, young guy, uh, came in for RSL. Um, with with few minutes this year, um, unfortunate for him in one of his games. Was it this year where he got that red card? Came in for like two seconds, got a red card, and was out. Or was that the year before? That might have been the year before. Not yeah, Probably not the year Gozo. before. Uh, Xavier Goza, regardless, guy's a goal scoring machine. Very young prospect. Um, Xavier Gozo is how old is he? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, he's got time, and. I think right along with the hire of Jason Kreiss, maybe this is a guy that is really going to benefit from that hire. Um, a guy who's been scoring lots of goals at the youth level, lots of opportunities. And I think he'll have probably more opportunities for the first team this next year. So I'm excited to see what RSL can squeeze out of Xavier Gozo. 
yeah, yeah I, I don't think... think every player really needs a round table from me uh so i won't offer one here i think give he's him a got a real opportunity in front of him give him a b give him a b sure sure i'll hand out a b great <laughs> no parents gonna email me about giving their kid a b <laughs> you, you know what to be fair <laughs> that's that's a funny analogy because he is still in high school but... he wow, is dude. he is indeed uh, to highlight that a little bit, just that's a year ago, me. only he uh, participated in some games for the for USA's under-16 team. And through three games, scored two goals. Those goals coming against Wales and England. I understand it's the end of last year, but I think that really highlights what his potential is and what his ceiling is. Um, this year, playing 10 games in MLS Next Pro and scoring once, and then obviously just the one game in MLS. Um, he does have a high ceiling, especially for only being 16. Uh, I, I would love to see where next season can take him. I agree. Uh, next up on the list, Kevon, Kevin. Oh my gosh. I need to fix that. His name is spelled like Kevon. Kevin Lambert, Jamaican international came over for RS on the end of the year. This last season, very limited playing time for the team. So a very limited sample size. However, uh, he looked good in the time that he played. Like I said, small sample size. So it's hard to tell what the future holds for this guy. Um, he comes in profiling as a defensive midfielder, but RSL seemed to kind of prefer him at more of a center back position. And especially Shocker. given <laughs> especially given the lack of depth for RSL this year, if they don't make a signing, or he probably even if they do make a signing at center back, um, I would say that he and Eric Holt are probably fighting for maybe like a third, I, maybe over Marcelo Silva at this point, a third string center back. And I'm fine with it. I think, I don't know. I, I think a lot of untapped potential for Kevin Lambert, but I've liked what I've seen so far. I'm okay with giving him the keys for maybe a third string center back and giving him more minutes this next year. We made it 37 minutes into the podcast, boys. He should be fighting for fourth on the center back depth chart after free space, Haziel Orozco. I don't know. There the guy plays 22 minutes, so I have Cry. Nothing, Cry. nothing to say about him. <laughs> uh, He's going to be great someday, I hope. I don't know. I don't really care about Kevin Lambert. Good depth piece. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned fighting for against Eric Holt for, for time. I think he just has it over Eric Holt, I'll be honest. Um, I think I, I would prefer what we've seen you from him. You people forget over. how good Eric Holt was. You How he quickly we forget. He did do a good job separating his shoulder this year. So I, I don't know. I think... <laughs> Injuries just are an unfortunate of, part of the game, but I I think he will be battling with Eric Holt. Are. I really do think he will be. Um, and I think the team really likes Eric Holt. They have this loyalty to him. He's like one of those guys that's like, we've got this loyalty to him for, for some reason. I mean, according to Alex, Mickey Mouse Cup, but still won a championship with the Monarchs. So, like, there's that. He's been with the team forever. Um, the so president of soccer operations literally said, word for word, quote, we stacked that team to win a championship. And boy, did the they do it. The club itself admits it's a Mickey Mouse ring. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> uh, I like Kevin Lambert. Good. Great. A plus for Kevin Lambert. <laughs> oh, who's next up on this list? We'll put That's it there awesome. for him. I'm just trying to... You're, you're right. I'm just trying to see who won MLS Next Pro this year. And it was Colorado Rapids, too, because guess what they did? The exact same thing. They loaded their roster. And guess team. what? Everyone's going to remember that championship, just like we all remember the Real Monarchs championship. Not at all. Yep. Uh, it's well, it's different it. being a Rapids fan. You take what you get there. So, Ethan, what year did we win the championship? I don't know, man. Yeah, thank you very much for proving my point. I don't Casey remember the year. I remember that we did it. 
I remember yeah. like the three center backs on the team. Michael Chang, Dougie Fresh was on that team. Dude, come on. Luke Mulholland was getting minutes Dougie, instead of Richie Ledesma yeah, because funny. that's what happens when you try oh, to win a man. Mickey Mouse ring they instead of actually go youth. Ethan, please vibes. get me to the next name. I'm going to lose my mind thinking about that. <laughs> Diego Luna is the next one. Oh, um, yeah. Let's talk about Diego Luna. Let's actually, talk about a legitimate Diego plus season. Luna. This guy has a legitimate shot, and I'm not even joking here. Like, I love Chicho Arango. It's maybe a hot take, but he has potential to be the best player in an RSL uniform next year. Based on what we saw at the end of the year, guy scoring a ton, and I'm not saying he's going to pass Chicho Arango. Um, they could be like 1A and 1B, and I would absolutely love that, but he has taken a massive step up. When Pablo finally decided to play him in the middle of the season, it was probably the best decision for the team that Pablo made this entire season. When um, Pablo decided to play him, period, it was the best decision yes, Pablo yes. made. Diego Luna is an absolute star, a goal scorer, a born baller in the midfield, um, sometimes even at wing. And I am thrilled to have him for next season. I think if we sell him, it should be for an absolute boat ton. But for now, I don't want to sell him because he makes me excited about this team. He makes me want to watch RSL. And uh, he's the guy, man. He's the guy in the midfield that controls everything. Um, and I would say maybe this is the most, uh, like the best dynamic attacking midfield player we've had since not too long ago, Albert Rusnak, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I want to know what you guys think. Do you guys love Diego Luna like I do? Everybody loves Diego Luna, baby. How could you not? Should be. Should Ethan, be. who played more minutes, Emeka Nelly or Diego Luna? Ew. Uh, Diego I, I, I think Luna? Diego Luna. Thank you for both playing along. It is indeed Emeka Nelly. And that wow. therein lies my frustration with Pablo Mastroianni. Yeah. Mekanelli gets hey, thirteen hundred minutes. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no Michael Chang gets a thousand MLS minutes, and Diego Luna <laughs> only clocks in at twelve hundred. We all knew. We all knew at the beginning of the year that Diego Luna had it. We all knew he was one of, if not the best midfielder on the roster. And it took him half a season to figure that out and decide to play him. So for all my praise of Pablo Mastroeni over the last couple of pods, which has actually existed. This was the biggest miss of his last season, in my opinion. It's the reason I really right. want to move on from guys like Michael Chang, because for all of this veteran presence talk that I myself partook in only a few minutes ago, it really does hold guys like Diego Luna back. And Emeka Anelli, while we like to consider him a young player, really isn't. He is at this point, what, 24 years 24. old? 24 yep. years old. And in the soccer world, unfortunately for myself as a 24-year-old, is not a young player. And Diego Luna wasn't directly competing with Emeka Nelly for minutes, but Emeka did play a lot in the middle next to uh, Brian Ojeda. So it's not a spot he couldn't have played. And for me, that's the biggest downside of this year because I think Diego Luna had at least five games this season where you could point to him and say he was the best player on the field. And I think that is monumental for a 20 year old. And much like you said, Ethan, I don't think he's on the roster two calendar years from now. I think he plays with us next year. I don't think we sell him in the summer, but I do think in that January window of next season, he is probably gone, which is, as you mentioned, also a good thing. That is the whole point. And I would love to cheer him on at wherever he ends up after this, but I think he is an absolute star and I just want to see him play in the middle. It, unlocked this team uh and he was also excellent on the wing too for as much as he was we want to see him play in the middle and as much as i think that's his natural spot he was great on the wing too i'm thinking about him torching colorado awesome so much fun yeah 
Pablo's gripes about him not getting back on defense. He he worked on that a lot, and you could tell. But I don't think that's a natural thing for him. And I don't think he should have to. I think he should be allowed to thrive in an attacking midfield position where, yeah, he defends here and there, but he's allowed to create and open up space for the attackers. Um, Alex, I, I loved a lot of what you said about him, and I agree 100%. I think Diego Luna hits his fame when I can search Diego Luna and I find <laughs> the actor, not the actor. I literally uh, just have it. I looked up Diego Luna age, and I said, there's no way he is 43. <laughs> and that is going to happen next year. Uh, oh, I that's think- a bold prediction. I, I he has he has done a lot not just for RSL fans but for national team fans too. Uh, if you guys follow the U.S. men's national team only pages, they post about about you know players all the time, and they'll post about players like Diego Luna, especially when he was in the World Cup uh, making waves uh, earlier this year. So I I I hope he can continue to gain traction like that. Um, a question that I have for you guys: Do you think he do you think he gets sold to a team in Europe? Again, at the end of next season, I think he, I, I think, think he's got so. one more year in him. Right, at the end of next season. Yeah. But you think he yeah. goes to Europe, or like, do you think he goes somewhere I, else? I don't know if it's going to be like a big name Premier League team, but I think to Europe, I think yes, honestly. It's it's got to be Crystal Palace, right? It's got to be a Blitzer club. There's no way they sell him outside the umbrella. Can you imagine how cool that would be watching? Because you you keep him, you bring him to Crystal Palace, and then you sell him for 10x because he's now played in England. Uh, yep. Is Crystal Palace in England? Yes. Yes. Or are they one yes. of those? Okay. They yes, yeah. they are um, Premier League. That's on me. Well, I know they're in the Premier League, but are they in England specifically? Or just just yeah. watch them go to like Estoril Prior or something. But you know, Crystal Palace would be fantastic. Um, you know what? Plot twist: Maybe Diego Luna quit his side job at Dutch Bros and is now the actor. And his actor Diego Luna is his like ulterior, like ulterior type. What is that called? The that's his Clark Kent, his yes, alter ego. ego. Yes, alter, alter ego. ego. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, I will never ever slander Diego Luna. Cody, did you want to finish up there? Yeah, I just I've been really high on Diego Luna for a long time, and it really sucks that Pablo everybody's high on Diego Luna. The season. Season. We're all yes, high we're Diego on Luna all pack, have baby. Yep. Yeah, I think um, I, th- I Alex, when you said that there was games where Diego Luna was the single best player, that's not a joke. He he was a game changer in a lot of games for us this year, and the fact that he is only twenty is is insane. Uh, and so I, I really want to see him take it to the next level next year. And to me, that looks like probably a few more goals than he got this year, but definitely more assists. I want to see him contribute in the passing more, uh, and hopefully we can get him in positions to be able to do that. So I am love Diego Luna. And even though he's young, I, I mean, it's, it's tough to take MLS players in the U S men's national team, but maybe a U.S. men's national team call up if he continues at this level, how could you not? How could you not call him up yeah. there? Um, no Diego Luna slander, but also I'm not going to take any Emeka Nelly slander. I, I caught that straight bullet you were trying to fire at me. Earlier. <laughs> Let's not forget Emeka Nelly basically ended the Toronto FC career for Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, Insigne, we're playing with Napoli forever. Great team, great player. Um, at halftime, was subbed out of that game against Toronto, and then after the game expressed his desires to leave the team, all because Emeka and Nelly shut him down and frustrated him to the point where hey, he wanted Hey, 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 Ethan, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying Emeka and Nelly's not good. 
It's I'm less just about saying that Pablo has a tendency to play yeah. more established players than he does young, bright stars. We all agree, Mecca and Eli did well this year, but it's less about yes. that. It's less about a Mecca and more about what Diego's capable of. Just, to, just, just assuring everybody else who got there. more of them. Demir Krylock was also one of those players that had more I'm, than Diego Luna. So. I'm just making sure everybody out there is still on the Emeka and Nelly hype train because I will never leave. Uh, Full obviously. steam ahead, buddy. Who's next on uh, this list? Moses Nyman scored an absolute banger uh, goal of the week this year for the Monarchs. Uh, defensive midfield player um, actually got team of the year or player of the year for the Monarchs this year. Um, playing pretty well. Opportunity called up as an alternate, I believe, for... Uh, the U.S. Youth Men's National Team. I can't remember at what level. Um, but opportunities aplenty for this guy. Um, departure of Scott Caldwell, not that it was really taking up any minutes anyways. It's a very deep position for RSL right now, defensive midfield, especially when Pablo Ruiz comes back. So for me, it's hard to say that he gets significant minutes next year. I probably view him as a guy that gets minutes in maybe a lower tier like cup game like a, a league's cup game or um, maybe like an open cup game against like a, a lower division team. But um, hopefully Moses Nyman can continue to develop and be something good for this team eventually. Yeah. Often forgotten, but Moses Nyman, same age as Diego Luna. They're both 20 years old. So he still has uh, plenty of runway. I and, think and at least a couple more five years, years. Uh, <laughs> at least it's a crazy. couple more years before we, uh, really establish who he is as a player, but he does have to get there at some point. He does have to take that leap. Ethan, when you uh, went to go watch that preseason game uh, in which you discovered a Mecca Nelly first before anyone else did, I sent you there with the task of watching Moses Nyman, if you recall, and Mm -hmm. you told me that he was bad. (laughs) That kind of continued on because his Monarch season wasn't awesome. He was... Never, I think, in control of the midfield and just didn't take on a role that really staked his claim in the organization as a whole, whether that was Monarchs or RSL. So if he's going to stick around, he's probably got to take a pretty big jump. And if you're going to do it, your 21-year season is probably the one to do it. Year 21, you know, we think about running backs in fantasy football as your year 27s, like when you're... This this will be his sixth year in the league, though, which is insane. Yeah. It is. spent a lot of time with DC and yes. played more for DC than he ever has with us. So it's yeah. it'll be interesting. I think his season, he gets an I, obviously, in my grading system. And he will have to prove more next season. Yeah, I I mean, I would second pretty much everything you've, you guys have both said about Moses Nyman. He, I think in when we watched him play in preseason, it wasn't that he looked terrible. He had some good turns, some good movement. He's pretty small for a midfielder, so that allows him to be pretty agile. But I think... I, it's hard to find a role for a player like him. You think of a player like Diego Luna, who's uh, they're the same age. They're probably about the si- similar height as well. Uh, Diego Luna's power comes in his his ability to attack and his ability to pass. And Moses Nyman doesn't necessarily possess those same capabilities. And so a player that comes to mind that he would have to mold his play style around is somebody like Pablo Ruiz, I think. More of a two-way midfielder who learns how to attack well and defend well. Maybe not a master at either one of those. Um but I, I think that's probably the path that he has to look at improving if he if he wants to succeed on this team. And I just want to go back real quick and and talk about Diego Luna one more time. That U twenty World Cup, he had three assists and a goal in like five games for the U twenty really at that World Cup. So really, a really standout performance. And if you guys remember, it was after that that Pablo really started playing him. I think 
those performances kind of forced Pablo's hand to say, crap, I should have been playing him more. And obviously the, uh, the fantastic season that he had towards the end was, was what we saw after that. So anyway, Moses Nyman, he's got some improving to do. Yep. Um, next on the list, Brian Ojeda, Ojeda, uh, Brian Ojeda, uh, I think a guy who really developed this year played quite well, especially alongside Pablo Ruiz. Great compliment to Ruiz. He doesn't have the same skill set as far as being able to advance as well on the attack as Pablo Ruiz. Plays a lot better, I would say, defensively. Um, I would say he and Pablo Ruiz are kind of center mids, maybe more Ruiz than Ojeda. But uh, Ojeda played great this year, and I think for all of us, uh, probably undisputed starting at the other defensive midfield spot alongside Pablo Ruiz next season. Am I right? I think disputed. I don't know, but certainly the penciled in starter. Yeah. It's hard to, I think if you say undisputed, it's hard to find somebody that that contends with that position uh, right now, especially if you're looking at a defensive midfielder or more of a two way midfielder. I think it's Uh, clear. Honestly, I, I, I think it is too, to me. Uh, his ability to, what really impressed me was his ability to dribble past people, his ability to move the ball forward out of the midfield. Uh, Pablo's ability to move the ball forward is through passing and Ojeda's ability to move it forward sometimes was dribbling around people or dribbling through two or three guys and then connecting a pass. Um, I really liked, uh, you know, glimpses that we saw of Ojeda this year and, and what he can do. If he finds that consistency next to Pablo next year, that is such a solid midfield. And when we had it this year, it was so much fun to watch because they worked really well together. And I, and I hope that that's that's what I hope to see for next year for for both of them. That would be awesome. Yeah, Alex, anything you want to add? Give him a grade. No. <sighs> uh, <laughs> it's hard because he was so much money, and so he's good. <sighs> he's a starter. I don't think he, I don't know that he is. You, he is. I think, I think they're, I mean, yes, you're right. Like statistically he is a starter. He played more minutes than any other. Put the poll out on Twitter. See what, see what RSL nation says. No, I, I, I agree. I think he is a starter. I think he starts week one next season, but I think in a similar vein to Brian Vera, if you go out and you spend that much money, there is a different bar for what is expected of you. And I don't think he was bad by any means. I actually thought he was pretty good in a lot of spots, but he was so far below the player that Pablo Ruiz, excuse me, Pablo Ruiz is that it does make me ask some questions. And I don't know that Nelson Palacio couldn't challenge for that spot. And the money that he's on is so much more reasonable for the roster that, I don't know, I think it's a conversation, but I agree that I probably land on Brian Ojeda uh, in a do or die game, but Great for me, B plus. Thought he had a pretty good year, but I yeah. think there's yeah. I think there's room for improvement. Fair. I think that's fine. That's I think that's fair. fair. I think that's what you want yeah. from a yeah. guy. That's probably fine. Uh, Signing on a full deal, permanent deal uh, from Nottingham Forest in the uh, in the middle of this year, loan expiring, and so I think it's great to have him. I think he's honestly a really good player, and we're excited for his outlook next year. Uh, next player, right along with that, Nelson Palacio, uh, a guy who was acquired by RSL this year as well, defensive midfield spot for me. I, I I think Nelson has a lot of things to learn and work on, and we saw those growing pains throughout the season, and he did improve quite a bit um, as the season wore on without Pablo Ruiz. Um, I think, as I mentioned, he's got a lot to learn. Um, he's not an offensive guy at all. He's a very defensive midfielder. Um, and for me, the quintessential perfect guy in my mind to have as that third-string defensive midfielder. Defensive midfielders like Pablo Ruiz 
and Brian Ojeda, they get a ton of work in games. Like, they are some of the guys who travel the most on the field during some of these games because they're everywhere in the midfield. It's what midfielders have to do. So next season, there's going to be a lot of games, Leagues Cup, Open Cup. You're going to need to have rotation, and I think Palacio is the fantastic, perfect third string uh, defensive midfield guy because he offers quite a bit. Alex, you mentioned it's a bit of a battle for him with him and Ojeda. I think it's clearly Ojeda that wins out in the second spot, but man, Palacio is a great guy to have coming off the bench to put in, in spot starts in relief, especially when guys need rest. Yeah, I was looking at the salary guide and Palacio is half the cost of Brian Ojeda, but I think that's because he came halfway through the year, so we're only seeing part of his uh, roster allocation. So if they do come in actually at similar money, then the conversation for me is a little bit different about Brian Ojeda. But Nelson uh, Palacio was so up and down, and I think that's I think that makes sense when you're rotating, when you think you're playing next to Pablo, and then you're not. You got to kind of change up your chemistry with Ojeda. Sometimes it's a Meccanelli. It's tough. It's tough, especially to come in as a young player to a whole new country and league and all those sorts of things. But I thought he had a really promising two months there at the end of the year. And I, much like you, Ethan, I'm pretty excited to see if he can battle out with Brian Ojeda for that second spot, even though you think Brian's going to win it. I think that's fine. You're probably right. But I think it will be an interesting battle. And for me, he was fine. (laughs) I was going to have big thoughts and then i realized that you know it's just not in me he's a b a a b player a b that's fair b player yeah i think that's fair uh he remember too he's only 22 so again another young guy that's probably got uh some room to grow still but i think getting national team appearances for columbia is good a good step for him in the right direction um i think if we have a third string midfielder that plays as a backup to our two starting midfielders being pablo ruiz and brian ojeda that's somebody who I'm okay having there. Uh, and if he's somebody who can challenge for first team minutes in that role, perfect. I'm, I'm more than happy to have that. So I agree, Alex, his transition of being in and out of the lineup with different players makes it very difficult to find consistency, but hopefully in the off season, uh, well, and coming into a country where you've never been before, you don't speak the language. That's all stuff that takes time to get used to. So uh, in the off season, I'm, I'm hoping he can acclimate a little bit more and find his consistency. Mm-hmm. And I think and it's I hear someone asking for Dada, and the next name on the list <laughs> seems to be that guy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my my daughter, she's learned really well how to say mommy and Dada, and so she'll say mama, mama, Dada, Dada, and we'll look over and she'll just like mumble something in her own like baby language. It's awesome. Um, anyways, yes. Um, one real quick thing on uh, Nelson Palacio, I think it's important to have him on the team. Not only because he provides a good depth piece, but he will be competing with Brian Ojeda. He will push Brian Ojeda to be better this season, which is something I really like. Um, Moving on, Pablo Ruiz, injured this year. Very unfortunate because he was an amazing player before then, dishing out just some incredible passes, some incredible goals, some absolute bangers. Uh, Goal of the year. No, it's not a nominee. It was the goal of the year. I don't care what the goal of the year actually came out as because it's such a rigged vote. Pablo Ruiz won goal of the year. That was an incredible goal from past midfield this year. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I, I think maybe this next season, the thing I am most thrilled about and the thing I am most excited about, I don't care who, I mean, okay. If we sign someone really good, I'll be excited about that. But I think maybe the thing I'm most excited about right now is having Pablo Ruiz back next year. Mm-hmm. 
He's the best player on the roster, and I think he proved that as soon as he hmm. left. He was having he was legitimately in the MVP conversation at the time of his yeah, injury. And I think we're off to forget just how good he was during that time. He changed the entire style of play. And I knew it was big when I had a player on my U14 team say that he is practicing his quote Pablo Ruiz switch. And that's when I knew, like, oh, my word, this guy really is that dude. <laughs> if I've got, you know, <laughs> preteens out here that are trying to hit a 60-yard switch and calling it the Pablo Ruiz ball, uh, was it was awesome. It was like, one of my favorite moments as a coach probably ever. Uh, but he's that guy, and it truly changed the way we play. His long balls up and over the top were Tom Brady-esque. It was ridiculous. He was so good at putting the ball on a dime in transition, and the only thing I want more of is him and Chicho Arango on the field at the same time because when it was there, it was awesome. And I think we're only going to get more of that. I think, luckily, his injury won't really bleed into next season. We had a three- to four-month uh, layoff for him, and he was just about that in the beginning of de- uh, December when we should have been playing for MLS Cup and he should have been starting. So I don't think he'll have any setbacks starting the year. I think obviously he's going to have extra time to get ready with a longer off season, And I think that's just going to serve RSL well in the long run, having all that extra time to get him healed up and ready to go. He's the best player on the roster including Chicho, including Saba. I think he is the most important piece for the way that we want to play under Pablo. And when he was there, it was working and it was awesome. And I just want to see more of it. Yeah. A plus season for Pablo Ruiz. Yep. Yeah, I agree. He, he was so much fun to watch it. The fact that we've been able to watch some of his growth and progression and, and really watching how it came together this year I mean, his passes were phenomenal. He, he has a magic left foot, but he also has a rocket of a left foot. I mean, he scores some some really good goals from outside the box, and he provides something that's so unique to our team that, I mean, yeah, losing him was such a huge impact to what we were able to do. It. He He's one of those players that really makes others around him look better because of how good he plays. I think he did that for our back line at multiple times uh, when he was healthy this year, and he definitely did that for our attack. Uh, in the times that he was able to provide service and work the ball up the field. So uh, being able to have Pablo back next year and keep him healthy is going to be probably the top priority for, for me personally. I think that's my top priority for the RSL, for RSL as a team. If they can keep Pablo Ruiz healthy and in the starting uh, lineup and he can play the same way he was, that is the most important player on the team without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, we saw how much the team was altered and how difficult it was for the team to win games without him on the field. Um, uh-huh. Question for you guys, real quick. Do you think if we had Pablo Ruiz and uh, Chicho Rango fully and completely completely healthy this entire season, I guess Chicho came in halfway, we'll still take that into account. Um, but still, both of them fully healthy. Do you think we make top three in the standings and then we finish at least in the conference finals? First, the goal of the year, and now this, Ethan, your revisionist history is fun this episode, and I am willing to play along. And yes, I do think we get top three, because I don't think top three was really that far away without him. And I think we are definitely five points better with him. you think we reach conference, the conference finals with him? Yeah, dude. If he's taking a yes, penalty, he win. makes it both times. And if we have MLS that final. in the playoffs, we move on. I think absolutely he gets us to a conference final. We could have beaten Kansas City easy peasy with Pablo Ruiz. 
if we have him, I don't think we even are playing against the Dynamo. I don't even think if we did, it goes to penalties. Uh, I think he provides that much on the field. He was that like we forget how good that league's cup run was when he was in the team. Yeah, we he was crucial. Lying, he looked flying. like one of the best teams in the league. And honestly, roster wise, you look at our team next year. I'm, I am, we're, we're doing all these reviews for these players. I am thrilled about this team next year. I'm so excited to watch this team because there's talent end to end. Maybe need a little bit of help, a little yeah. bit of help defensively, but like. This attack would be fun to watch, man. I said it um, in an RSL channel at some point. I can't remember where exactly, but the biggest what if in RSL history is if Sebastian Velasquez hits his PK in 2013. The second biggest what if for me is if Pablo Ruiz stays healthy in 2023. We were knocking on the door of three championships, and I think we get at least one of those if he is in this roster, and that is yep. the first trophy yeah, in it- how many years since uh, 2009? So they would have been sick, and I it was, truly think it was there for the taking. The the Dynamo were the team that, that knocked us out and then won the uh, tournament. So I think if we have Pablo healthy and we beat them, it's a different story. We'd probably win it. Um, I just looked at this thing. Odds to win 2024 MLS Cup, and it's a little bit early, but where do you think RSL sits on that list right now? Probably like third to last. I was going to say 11th. No, we are tied for eighth. At I can take tied for eighth. Which is like I'll take twenty five to it's, one. It's tied with like St. Louis City and Nashville. Like that's pretty good company to be around. So okay, um, yeah, I can live with yeah. that. Um, Interesting. All right, moving on to the last midfielder to finish off the episode. Jasper Lawfulson, a guy who man, what a fall from grace this last year. A little bit of a sophomore slump for him. Played excellently his rookie year. This last year fell out of favor a bit with the team. Um, he was in and out at right back, at defensive midfielder. We mentioned the depth at defensive midfield, so he's probably going to be like a fourth-string defensive midfield guy for this team. Also, there's some chatter and rumors that maybe he's a guy who's an option to be sold for the team because he's playing so deep on the team. Um, The hard thing is is he had a little bit of a dip in performance this last year, and if you want to increase that value, you need to give him playing time. And to give him playing time, you need to take guys off the field like Palacio and Ojeda and and Pablo Ruiz, and that's kind of hard to do. So it's kind of this vicious cycle where maybe you should sell him, but you can't get great value for him. You want to get better value for him, but you just can't get him on the field. So um, Jasper Lawfelsund, I have higher expectations for him this year. He needs to take a step up in the games he's given because he will be given games this year uh, with rotation, with rest. I think he's going to have a handful of minutes, and he needs to perform a lot better than he did this last season. Like you said, Alex, it's tough when you don't have Ruiz, a guy who's a centerpiece for this team, but Jasper Lawfelsen's really fighting for minutes, and he didn't prove to me that he deserved more minutes this last year. I hope he can do better this year and uh, and start to play well. Yeah, he's a C-minus player for me in 2023 Sorry. just because that slump was so slumpy, and I think it's probably the player that he is. I think Master Wenny has gotten a lot out of some of these college draft picks, but I just don't know that that's a really sustainable model. And I think... Lawfulson is closer to the player we saw in 2023 than 2022, but time will tell. I just don't know if it's going to be with RSL, Ethan, because you've mentioned his name has been on the chopping block before in transfer windows, so you have to imagine he's still one of those guys they see as surplus. And if Moses Nyman could take his minutes and do even 80% of what he did for so much cheaper and so much more potential, I think it's worth it. Yeah, or even a player like Emeka Anelli being able yeah. to, to replace Laffelson. I think that's probably worth it too. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's here for, for next year. If he is, 
I, I mean, I think that's fine. He's pretty far down in the pecking order to me if he is still here. Uh, and I, I'm sure he doesn't want that as a player. Uh, so it may be the best interest to, you know, if he's able to find a new team where he's able to get more consistent minutes with. Um, that's not to say that I think he's a bad player at all. I think he showed glimpses of being a really good player. Um, and so especially at the uh, MLS level. Um, so I, I hope he finds that. I I didn't really – I think he did take step back, steps back this year. And uh, if he wants to remain on the team, he would have to improve that uh, yeah. and show that he deserves a spot on this team. I agree. Um, well, that concludes our review of our midfielders on the episode today. Alex, Cody, do you guys have anything to say before we take a, a break for like about a month? I'm stoked, man. I think the roster is really flexible. I think it's in a good spot. I think Jason Christ is going to come in and help build a culture of winning. And everything about this offseason has me excited. I think... Uh... Alex has in the past, and not just Alex specifically, we all in the past have mentioned that these seasons feel like a repeat of the seasons mm-hmm. before. This season may have had the same result, but it does not feel like a repeat. A of the thousand percent, season. Cody. Yep. There are changes that are made, not just not just the normal, you know, uh, transactional changes or whatever, the things that you would expect to happen, but these are big changes, bigger signings, more money being spent, bringing someone back like Jason Christ. Like these are all steps that lead to positive outcomes and the fact that they are taking those shots from, from management that, that they're willing to do that is, is it, as a fan, it's awesome to see. It's, it's only, the only thing that we've been asking for, for the last few years. So our roster is in a great place. I'm super excited uh, to see where this ends up next year. As, as an RSL fan, did you guys ever think that we would be so excited for a season to start without having made any player signings or any trades for players yet? Isn't that crazy? It feels different, no, but man. I, it feels really. But different. I, I think that's what we did last year. Like it, like, sorry. I think those signings that normally happen in the off season, we did it during the season. We yeah. started making those changes last year. That's so right. I think that's where the excitement comes from. That's but right. you're right, Ethan. I think those who are out there shaking their heads, listening to this, saying this is the same old thing. RSL's bringing back an old face, and they haven't made a roster move yet. I think that's fair, and I'm not here to rain on that parade because if that's the way that you want to interpret this offseason i think that's fair i think you've been given so much evidence that that is the way that this team is run that they do need to prove otherwise but for me personally as soon as they signed brian vera it changed because it wasn't just chicho it wasn't just palacio it wasn't just gomez all of those would have been the big signing it was Vera that really moved the needle for me. And then actually Chicho came after him, didn't he? But it was yes, still, yeah. it was Vera because they signed. I remember having this conversation with you two when they signed Brian Gomez. I said, okay, this is the one, this is what Deloitte would have given us. He would give us an Albert or a Saba or a Dami, but only one at a time. And then as soon as they signed Vera, I was like, oh, they're actually making roster yep. moves. And then Chicho is just the cherry on top. Uh, and I really think it's just a new direction for this team. And I'm so excited about it. You yep. called Andres Changes. Gomez Brian Gomez, but had to call you out on that. Oh, did I? Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's Changes. just so many Bryans. I had a good chance. You know? <laughs> Changes, could, Changes can be made and results can still be the same, but that doesn't mean they're not trying. Um, and so I, the fact that they are trying is way more than we've gotten in the previous years. I agree. Well, let's go ahead and get on out of here once again. Thank you all, everybody who has listened to the episode, uh, wherever you get your episodes or podcasts or whatever. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As I mentioned, we will be on a break for about a month. 
So no new episodes until sometime in January. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. We'll have lots of news, I'm sure, uh, for the Royals, for RSL, maybe even for the Monarchs. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, thank you again, though, for listening. Thank you for leaving ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave a pod trivia question in the pod trivia database where? Well, you can do that at www.rslseasonpass.com. Also, follow us at RSL Season Pass on Twitter. You can find me at Ethan Kershaw. At Ethan Kershaw 9, you can find Alex at Alex Maurer, and you can find Cody at the Kodiak 1 once again. Thank you all so very much. We hope you have a fantastic holiday break, uh, holiday weekends, lots of time to spend with the family, and we will talk to you all next episode. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.